the Young Baptist Podcast, a podcast committed to the centrality of the gospel and to encouraging believers to be captivated all over again by the beauty and glory of Christ. My name is Josh Johnson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Clay Maynard. Clay, it is a beautiful day. What do you say? (laughs) It is a beautiful day. How are you been, man? Good. I got to go to a youth event last night out on Panama City Beach where Jared Wilson was speaking. Were you confused? About what? You said it was a youth event and (laughs) you're ancient, so. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to get some more cred for the Young Baptist podcast by showing up at a youth event. Did you wear your t-shirt? No, I did not. So what in the heck, man? I mean, it it really would have been a good idea to try to point young people to to our podcast. But uh, it was a great night, though. Uh, Great youth event. I was able to see our buddy Nathan Cravat and his wife out there and family. Super cool to to hang out with them. Yeah. And and it was also great to go to a youth event where somebody just opened the word and it was like we're going to talk about what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 mm-hmm. and just just arti- just absolutely preached the book right out of 1 John 5 and didn't try to dumb down the word for like oh you just kids. Yeah. I need to make this, you know, I need to talk about skateboards or something stupid. Like he didn't, you know what I mean? It was just yeah, it was- great to see like, hey, these kids aren't stupid. Preach God's word to them. That's what they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was phenomenal. Did you get to meet Jared C? I did get to meet Jared C. I forgot cool. to get a picture with him. I wanted to do that, but he actually remembered me from our interview. Like, oh, really? He didn't immediately. Yeah. But I was like, hey, Jared, I'm, I'm Clay Maynard. I said, you might remember come last year coming on our podcast, the Young Baptist Podcast. And he goes, oh, he's like, when you said the name, you know, I, yeah. I uh, he's like, yeah, he's, how are you doing? And and uh, it was really cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Uh, I mentioned uh, you going to Midwestern and all that kind of stuff. And he was excited to hear that. Yeah. So it's it pretty cool. I may have to uh, get, how long is the conference until like Friday? I believe it's still Friday. Yeah. I may have to get up with Nathan. I'll, I'll don my Spurgeon shirt and go listen to him. Let's go, man. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, uh, anything else happening in your life that's fantastic? Uh, man, there's so many fantastic things about my life that I wouldn't honestly know where to start if I could be honest with you. I'm a blessed man, and my worst days are all first world problems that I really shouldn't complain about. So yeah, there you go. I'm uh, I'm having a great life. How about you? Just uh, keeping on, keeping on, man. Just regular old life stuff, you know. Hey, if you're listening, if you're listening to this episode, just so you know, in a few weeks we did a takeover of the RFP. Yep. You, you guys, most of you, our listeners, know about our friends over at the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, and they asked us to co-host with another podcast. Uh, another couple of podcast hosts from the For Freedom podcast, some great guys over there. And we we joined up with them and hosted an, an episode. And I think it's coming out. I can't tell if it's August 5th or August 12th. Yeah, something like that. But sometime in August, you'll be able to catch me and Josh over there co-hosting with another couple of great guys. That being said, though, we do have an announcement for you guys. Um, unfortunately, that's the best episode the RFP is ever going to have put out. And they've asked us to take over hosting on the regular. So... <laughs> This may be it, guys. We we love you and appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, if you don't, there's a running joke on the episode that we recorded for them, so you'll have to go listen to it about how it's the greatest episode in the Recovering Fundamentals podcast history. Yeah. So, you know, I just hate to shut it down for them like that, but... You have to do what you have to do. Greatness cannot be... Uh, you hide it under a bushel? No. no. Yeah, I'm going to let it that's shine. It. God calls <laughs> men to certain things at certain times for certain reasons, and this... <laughs> Hey, God brought us here for such a time as this. It's kind of like when MJ <laughs> retired and then LeBron was drafted the very next year. Same thing. Is that how that went? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, very good. 
Um, we've been doing a little, I guess, mini series, if that's what you want to call it. We started off talking about discipleship culture in the church. And then our, on our last episode, we talked about legalism and license. And then today we're going to wrap it up. Well, are we wrapping it up? Is this the last part of our series? I think of this little miniature series. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think so. We're going to talk about denominations and uh, uh, our thoughts there. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Denominations, what are they good for? Yeah, what are they good for? <laughs> um, as you can probably guess by listening to this podcast and looking at the art on the screen. We're Anglicans. Yeah, we're definitely... Uh, <laughs> We're definitely into the whole denomination thing. We've picked a whole name for our, our show, so <laughs> this should be good. So let's hop right on into this thing, Clay. Let's answer this question. Why denominations? Why denominations? Because we're right and they're wrong. Well, there's that, and it's <laughs> it's important to know that. Let's define it, though, right? So the word denomination, it's derived from a Latin word. It means give a name to. Um so really, denominations give a name to various expressions of belief, in particular, uh, as we'll talk about within Protestantism. Um, yep, there it is. I basically yeah, just jo- said it, that Baptists are Protestants. Watch yourself, Josh. Yeah, I know it. There's basically four <laughs> Protestant denominations, and they have their offshoots, obviously. Presbyterians, Anglicans, Lutherans, and Baptists. You probably throw Episcopals in there, I imagine, but I think they're an offshoot of the the Anglican Church. Yeah, they're very similar to them in in any any respects. Yeah. So, and then one key characteristic of pretty much all denominations, they share some beliefs and practices in common, like your Orthodox uh, doctrines of the faith, they would probably share in common. There are distinctions, though, in different interpretation and applications of the scripture and their beliefs. So that is what a denomination is. Yeah. And there, I think it's confusing. I used to be really, there was a period of time there where I got really tired of the denominational stuff. I think partly because I, I got, you, it, there's a tendency to be divisive and I got kind of tired of the divisiveness. And so my mm-hmm. thought was that it undermined uh, the unity of the church for us to uh, have, for there to be denominations. And I, even then, though, I realized there is usefulness for the denominations. But I've come, I've kind of come around to believe denomin- denominations are necessary. Mm-hmm. It's not, and it, it, they can be, yes, can they be confusing to the lost that there are so many denominations? Yes. And we probably should do a better job of stewarding that testimony so that it's not like to the lost world, oh, I'm Methodist and I'm Baptist and I'm Presbyterian. Like that, we should probably play that down to the lost world a little bit yeah. better than we do. Um, I was just talking to you this about this the other day. I think at a certain point in American history, it might've been more useful for us to be a little bit more open about that because um, not that we were hiding it, but, but, you know, putting it all over the signs and making it front and center. I think when just about everybody in the country went to church, it was very useful when you moved into a new town and you could say, okay, which, which churches. And that's still, it's still useful for that. Like Mm -hmm. let's narrow down the churches that are out there to the, to the ones that I think I will probably, because of the way I read the scripture, what I believe is the Bible teaches on the way we practice some of these doctrines. Um, so I think there's usefulness, but I, I think it's, I've gotten to a point where I think it's downright a necessity. Um, and so I think there's, there's, we can, we can hold to the, the benefits of it mm-hmm. um, without, without necessarily uh, engaging in all the pitfalls. Yeah. I mean, the denominations are for those who believe already and they help them articulate what they believe. Uh, 
and I agree with what you're saying. I think we'd be better off, especially in our testimony in the world that's becoming more and more and more post-Christian to identify ourselves as Christians or believers instead of yes. Baptists or Methodists or Presbyterians or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever have you had this happen where you actually are out somewhere and somebody asks you what kind of church your church is mm-hmm. and you're hesitant? Like there, I feel this hesitant, not because I'm not Baptist. I host a, a flipping podcast that has the name on it on the podcast. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not ashamed of being a Baptist. I just don't know what that means to the person I'm talking to. Like, what does that mean to you? Because there, there's a lot of people that are very misinformed about denominations. And so I find myself just wanting to communicate, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I believe the gospel. Well, and also you got to consider kind of our background too. That's going to impact how we feel about talking about what denomination we're a part of. Because there is a stigma in the world behind the independent Baptist name. And I think we would probably be surprised how many people just assume if you're a Baptist, you might be one of the crazy ones, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, we've seen that growing up and all that. So that I think produces some of the hesitancy as well. Well, I think, well, I knew a lot of guys who, if you weren't Baptist, you weren't saved. Yeah. Which is just stupid. It's stupid, but it's out there and it's, and it's not, it's not a, a, a like minuscule minority. There's, there's, Plenty of people out there who believe in and teach that, even if they don't outright say it, they certainly uh, function as if that's true and treat people as if that's true. That if you were actually a Christian, you'd come around to being a Baptist eventually. Like that's a necessary byproduct of being a Christian. Uh, that's absolute lunacy. But but it is. Uh, I speak from a place of ignorance here. Maybe you know, Josh. Are there are there? Does that sort of sect exist in other denominations too? I, w- I mean, I'd imagine if I feel like if there's fallen human beings involved, there's probably that spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That, ma- that would make sense. You know? So there, there is that, I think that, um, that stigma can like make us want to be like, ah, I don't really want to talk about to a lost person about denominations. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a good impulse though. Don't you think like for evangelistically speaking, probably like, for the most part, yeah. I don't really want to talk about denominations with you. I'm a follower of Jesus. Like I want you to see me as one with all followers of Jesus in this moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to talk about how we eat. We take the Lord's Supper different than some other denomination. You know what I yeah. mean? The truth is the person probably doesn't even know those distinctions anyway. Mm-mm. So I don't really want to talk about denominations with you. And um, and you you and I were having this conversation the other day where I was saying, I, I wonder how useful it is for us to have it actually on the church sign. And I get that. I get what it's there for. You know, I get why we put it on the church sign. Um, I know some people who don't, but nowadays you don't need the church sign to tell you what a church believes. You go to their website, you can find out what they're about, you know, and if you're a Baptist and that matters to you that you're a Baptist, you can go online and look up, look up all the Baptist churches and find them and it doesn't have to be on the church sign for that to be the case. I just wonder to our communities, especially if the the more and more post-Christian we become, um, the usefulness of that, would we be better off uh, just it being a clear we're a church. We're, we're about the gospel of Jesus Christ and letting, letting the rest of that work itself out. And if you're a Christian and you already want to know what we, you want to know what we believe before you come here, you can go to our website and check it out. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, that's something to consider, uh, as we're moving forward here. So let's talk about this, Clay. Let's talk about the value and the dangers of denominations. What value or dangers do denominations, uh, present? I think, First one that we've already kind of talked about is denominations help believers figure out where they should attend church and it helps unite those believers 
to certain doctrines and practices. Big point number one, really. Absolutely. And Josh, this point is important because uh, I, I, when I was concerned about the divisiveness of denominations, one of the things I failed to recognize, you know, we did that whole episode on tr- theological triage, yep. which is this, uh, this idea that there's primary doctrines and then there's secondary doctrines and tertiary doctrines. Like we have to figure out which doctrines our entire faith hangs on versus which doctrines are important, but they're not first order gospel, personal work of Christ kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff that doesn't really matter at all. And having denominations allows people, I think if it, when, when exercised properly, it can actually facilitate a way for people to have less division because now you work more closely with people who practice more like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for that reason, I think it can actually, uh, it can actually reduce the level of divisiveness that you, that you see. Yep. And denominations don't necessarily, uh, I guess, necessitate not working with people that aren't in your denomination. In fact, if you look at some of the old Baptist confessions, cooperation was a huge part of all of that, both in the Baptist denomination and with those outside of it. Yeah, absolutely. So cooperation should still be happening because if we all agree on the gospel and the orthodox doctrines of the faith, we may not agree on second tier things, but we can still work together for the mission of the gospel. Yeah, and you actually see there's I think one of the arguments that all, that you see happening out there is you see the 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 declining you'll see reports of the declining numbers of of traditional denominations like the declining attendance in traditional right. denominations and then you see the rising numbers in non-denominational or or, or churches that have less uh, open affiliation with whatever. But I first of all I don't know how much I trust those numbers because I. I've been a part of a number of churches and we, none of us reported any numbers to any organization. So yeah. like, I think it's really deceptive. Uh, people can be hooked on statistics. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. But the, the other thing that you'll see is you'll see a lot of these church networks of churches that cooperate for the purpose of church planning and things like that. And those have sometimes functioned in other ways. And th- like I say, this can, you were just saying these can, these cooperations can happen across denominational lines where they're, where they're valuable. Like for example, we live in a city. Uh, there's only so many other Baptist churches here and those Baptist churches might have certain different priorities than we do. Mm -hmm. We might actually find that our priorities align with another denomination here in Bay County for a specific outreach purpose where together we could, I mean, we're not doing anything like that right now, but what come once I just passed on Jinx Avenue. Well, our listeners don't know where Jinx Avenue is, no. <laughs> but I just passed down the street here in Panama City not too long ago, a pregnancy resource center uh, to help people who've uh, already had an abortion and they're struggling, or they're trying to find another option so that abortion is not their only solution. It's counseling, it's 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 screening, it's healthcare, it's all kinds of stuff, and it's free. I could totally see multiple denominations, and, yeah. and multiple denominations do cooperate to support outreach like that. That's a perfect example of where we don't have to be in the same denomination to, to work together on this. Mm-hmm. So you do see, and I think another great example of this would be missions. How many churches are out there now that cooperate with the Southern Baptist Convention for the purpose of missions who themselves do not consider themselves a Southern Baptist church? Like they just like what the International Mission Board's doing and the North American Mission Board. They're all about church planning and they like what they're, what they're seeing from them. That's happening. I feel like with some regularity, I've heard of that multiple times now. Hmm. Um, so I think those are good examples of, Hey, what are, what are denominations good for? They can be really good for uniting people, um, of like practice on doctrinal areas, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean you can't 
still cooperate with anybody to further the gospel or, or to further the cause of Christ. Well, and you touched on it there as well. They, they give those in the denomination greater access to resources and the ability to, to reach the world. I mean, I don't think there's a mission program larger than the international mission board in the SBC. That's what I've heard too. Uh, and financially, if, you know, if you're going to be a church planner and you're a Baptist, you're nuts not to go through the North American mission board. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's resources there to help with that, but that's, that's a, I guess a benefit of being part of that denomination. And that's, I'm sure the Presbyterians have things like that. Yeah. You know, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah. Church planning networks within these denominations are, are very strong and it really helps because there's so much you there. When you do it within a denomination, there's a, there's a, there's just a greater level of overlapping agreement, and it makes it much easier for unity. You know, if I if I was doing it with people from other denominations, we would run into a lot more bumps along the road in terms of cooperation. Yeah, so you it take just, a lot more just for granted with someone within your denomination yeah. who wants to go out and plant a church. You don't have to ask them, "Are you going to baptize your babies?" Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to worry about covenant baptism. It's not going to be a thing. It's credo baptism. So, because you have such agreement uh, on on well, let's just say you have agreement on quite a few more things when you cooperate within denominations. The other thing that it does, the other resource that gives you is other, if I can put it this way, accountability mm-hmm. uh, marker. Like it gives you more accountability within a denomination. And I want to be careful how I say this because we're Baptists. We did a whole episode on congregational authority that we think that the primary authority of the church is the congregation. It's the, it's the body. It's the local body. Um, and that, and that we don't believe in, uh, some other ecclesial body outside the church lording over that. Having said that, we both know of churches that get wayward and it's very helpful for other Baptist churches or other, whatever churches they are. And I know other denominations have far more hierarchical institutional checks. Oh yeah. And I don't like all of those. I think some of those are, I think it, it lends itself. Well, I don't see it in scripture to the degree that I see it practicing it out in America. Um, having said that, did not the apostle Paul hold the churches accountable on many occasions? Did not the, uh, other apostles in scripture, writers and authors of scripture hold churches accountable and rebuke certain things they were seeing? Yeah, of course they did. So there's, there's certainly a place for once, you know, if I'm, even if I am a Baptist, having friends, having other churches that we've cooperated with so that if we're seeing a certain level, maybe there's a church out there that's going through a certain level of dysfunction, like think Corinth. Mm -hmm. And they really do need in that chaos and in that confusion to hear from some other people. That's people who you know agree with you on so many things and there's so much overlap in the way you practice and serve Christ. You can invite those people in to help. You can benefit from their experiences. And in, at times, those people can call you out. Those people can say, hey, you, what you're doing is dangerous. What you're doing is wrong. And it can kind of provide some out outside your building. Um, and it's looser accountability. It's not like the, the accountability from your own congregation. But it can provide, if you have a little too much group thing going on in your church and you're doing something that's unhealthy or dangerous, now you have a, a broader community that you're a part of. And you can't just write them off because, oh, they baptized their babies. or You know what I mean? You can't yeah. just write them off. No, you need to listen to them. These are these are guys who who know how you do ministry, and have done it themselves for you know a certain length of time. They've proven themselves. When you hear from enough of those guys that you're that you're out of line, you really need to start doing some soul searching, and think you know it, it, there's there's a gr- far greater likelihood that I'm wrong than that all of these guys are wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so. I think there's there's some help in that. Yeah, if you uh, if you go look at the and we're not 
1689ers by any stretch of the imagination. But if you looked at um, the 1689, chapter 26, section, paragraph 15, it talks about how if there's a problem in a church, if there is um, issues, questions about truth, that the churches that hold communion together, in other words, the churches that have united together in some sort of an association, come together to help one another, but they don't have any sort of power over that church. Yeah, that's that's Acts 15. I feel like in 1689, they were sort of confessionalizing Acts 15. Like yeah. a bunch of elders from a bunch of churches came together to hash it out. So like where there was a, a clarity issue on doc, on sound doctrine, let's let's convene, let's talk with one another, let's reason together and uh, and find out what, what the word of God teaches. Yeah, so that leads us really at a good spot to talk about the dangers of denominations. The denominations can cause unnecessary divisions among good brothers and sisters. And uh, I think it's largely tethered to whether we say it or not, some sort of like a superiority complex, like we're right, you're wrong. Like what you were talking about at the beginning. Uh, if you're not a Baptist, you're not going to heaven. The classic, mm -hmm. if you're going to go to heaven, why not go first class, be a Baptist, that kind of nonsense. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it can cause unnecessary divisions in the body of Christ as a whole because of like a superiority complex. And, you know, yeah, we're, ta we're talking about you, you Presbyterians out there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. You think you're better than us. Yeah. You think just because uh, we stole most of your confession of faith in our 1689 makes you better than us. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you on the, on the division thing. Even if we're not saying like I, the extreme example we gave where uh, they're lost, they're not, or they're not part of the bride of Christ, that there's some goofballs out there in the Baptist world that think yeah, who that, you're only, world? that you're only part of the bride of Christ if you're part of a Baptist church. Like other is, people get to go to heaven, but they're not part of the bride if they're yeah, not Baptist. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing yeah, I've ever heard. I guess at the marriage of the land, they're the attendees. Yeah. Like they're the attendants. They're bringing us drinks or something. <laughs> well, I mean, well, anyways. <laughs> yeah. And and I agree with you on that. Like it, it, even if you're not saying that though, even if you're not saying they're not part of the bride of Christ or they're lost, even if you're not saying that you can still have a, a sense of division about it. And, and w like, Hey, it's obvious that they're wrong. No, it's not obvious that they're wrong. You know, it, it, you, you certainly are, are, are entitled to believe they're wrong and, and make the case show from scripture that they're wrong, but we shouldn't have an attitude, that attitude of superiority and that attitude of divisiveness where we're, where we're assuming that, Hey, I'm a Baptist. Like, therefore, like Baptists are inherently better. That's a bad attitude. To yeah, have. it is. Make my case. Sure. And believe what I believe. I mean, we did our series on the Baptist distinctives, our beliefs on, on, on our denomination yeah, it's out there. Yeah. It's well documented at this point. Hours and hours and hours, mm -hmm. probably 15, 20 hours we spent talking about why we believe in the Baptist distinctives. But the idea that, um, that that makes us right because we're Baptist or that we should be dismissive of brothers and sisters who, ha who have, a, have a, a good voice that we should listen to, that we should be dismissive of them because they're not Baptist. That's an area of superiority we just we really can't afford to have. I feel that a, a proper approach to denominationalism is one of humility that says, hey, I believe what I believe, but I'm willing to learn from anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've learned a lot from Presbyterians that I know. Uh, I've learned a lot from, uh, we're not Southern Baptist, and I know that's technically still Baptist, but people get even div divisive about that. Oh, yeah. I learned from a lot of Southern Baptists. 
Um, I've learned from a lot of people that, that aren't my, I've learned from Methodists. I have, and they've helped me. And I think you'll see that some denominations, for whatever reason, tend to be better at certain things than others. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I think some of the best teachers are not in, in the world on, on scripture are not Baptists. Some of the best teachers of scripture, expositors of the, of the word of God are awesome teachers. They're not Baptist guys, some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love listening to them. And they, they um, are great at focusing and, and, and their denominations are good at dealing with things that I want to learn from. I've heard other denominations say, you know, the Baptists were, have been really good at evangelism. They've really been good at encouraging one-on-one evangelism of, of their communities and friends and neighbors. They're right about that. So I think we can do the same thing and say, hey, I want to learn from anybody else. You know, I don't want to, I'm not a charismatic, but if I have, if I run into a charismatic Christian, they can be saved and they can speak in tongues and believe in whatever they want to believe in. But I, can, could I benefit from their sensitive, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit? Yeah, probably. Sure could. You know, I, th- I think that's something I could benefit from. I'm not going to speak in tongues, you know? Um, and so I think that's a, that's just that humility that what you, what you mentioned, Josh, not having that air of superiority about us. I think a lot of that problem does come fall back on the Baptist denomination though, because I don't know that I've ever heard in a public setting, like through public teaching and probably because I'm listening to others that are like main, like big names, they wouldn't waste their time doing it. But I don't think I've ever heard somebody bad mouth a Baptist that wasn't a Baptist, but I've heard plenty of Baptists bad mouth Baptist. everybody else. Oof. So, uh, and I remember having conversations when I was in college, like, Hey, would you guys, would you guys ever go preach for a Southern Baptist church? Like what a foolish <laughs> question. Of course I would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jesus would go to a Pharisee's house and preach and, yeah. get, and, and, and not be like his actions be second guessed and whatever. Like a Jesus Jesus would preach anywhere they'd hear him. Yeah. I'm not saying you should preach just anywhere. You're not Jesus, but but the idea that somebody could invite me to preach God's word somewhere in a church of believers and I would, you know, thumb my nose up at it with another Baptist church. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. I think a source of a lot of the hyper separatism is due to the fact that there was a generation that saw uh, Billy Graham platform with Catholics, which yes, Catholics aren't even part of the Protestant denomination. And instead of saying, well, we wouldn't do that. I don't agree with him. It was, oh, let me tell you, we're not just going to not do that. If you're not a Baptist, if you're not our stripe of Baptist, we're not doing anything together. Yeah. We're trying to win those. We're trying to win 70 year old battles. You know, I think Billy Graham was wrong. I think it's clear that he compromised. But I don't need to say that Billy Graham was bringing in the Antichrist. And I don't need to say that Billy Graham was, was you know, I just, I think you could, there's, there's a pale, there's a line that you cross somewhere there where you get so divisive, where it's not just disagreement anymore between brothers. He was clearly wrong to me. It was, mm-hmm. It's clear that he was wrong. And I think the, for what it's worth, most of the evangelical world agrees that he was wrong because he was muddying the waters. It was sending the message to the lost that, that, that I'm with these people who are teaching heresy. Yeah that's a line we don't cross, but I think we got to do a better job going to this area of su- this idea of superiority of being humble enough to say to the lost world, Hey, we might, we might be different branches of the, of the family, but we're the same family. Mm-hmm. These are my brothers and, and sisters in Christ. I just had somebody today, um, tell me that he thought somebody was lost that, that, you know, is a d- different denomination than him. That, that was literally today. I was having a conversation with somebody and he wasn't saying that they were lost because they were part of that denomination. I'll be clear about that. But he was talking about somebody who was a different stripe than him in some way doctrinally. 
And he was saying, I think they're lost. I just, man, we got to be really careful with that kind of stuff. Like the idea that, that, um, that we're not part of the same family or that we shouldn't send the message to the lost. Like if, if I found out that somebody got saved, uh, somebody trusted Christ and they gave me a testimony of salvation and they were going to a different denomination than, than me, I should rejoice. Mm-hmm. I should be grateful. I shouldn't second guess their salvation if what they gave me was a solid testimony of faith. Um, and so it, it just, um, I think we got to do a better job of being I mean, humble. That's really arrogant to say something like that because there are Baptists that are lost. Like, Absolutely. Well, chill out a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, anyways. So. And, and let's just be honest about this. Independent Baptists were, weren't around when Jesus walked the earth. No. And he wrote John 7. Jesus spoke the words in John 17. And those were spoken when there were no denominations. And he was saying, I want you guys to be one. That doesn't mean we all have to be tw- like you ever heard the phrase we can we're all brothers, but we're not twins. Yeah, we don't have to be like everyone. And mm-hmm. it's not divisive to be different. There's it's it's good for there to, for us to be different, especially if you believe you're right. Read yeah. the Bible, believe what you believe, believe it strongly, but don't believe it divisively. Don't don't believe it hatefully and don't use your our differences to attack one another. Exactly right. And when you realize that this whole denominational thing, it goes back to the early 1600s at best late 15, I guess, late 1500s at best, you know, you kind of have to chill out about it a little bit. It's not the story of church history. You know, yeah, it's a really, that's honestly, a great in point. the realm of church history, it's relatively new. And and that's a great point, primarily because when you see the, the largest degrees of persecution in church history, I can tell you what happens to denominations. They practically vanish. Yeah. It's not that the beliefs themselves vanish. I'm not saying that. People disagreed still. But I'll tell you this, when if 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 you were if there was if you were living in China and there was one underground church you knew of and they didn't agree with you on everything, you'd just go mm-hmm. because you'd just love that you had a group of believers to meet with and and confess your need for Christ and sing and worship and pray together. Yeah. And there's been a lot of times in in church history where that was the case. It's like, you know what? We don't agree, but we're brothers. Yep. You know, let's Let's help one another. I think something else that could be a danger in denominations, and I guess we can kind of wrap it up with this, is there is a possibility, and this obviously happens outside of the denomination, denominational structures, but it it could, if not led well, it could lead to sin and abuse not being properly dealt with in churches and in leadership. Uh, I don't think that's strictly limited to denominations, and I think denominations should even exist to uh, address those things. To prevent that, And yeah. prevent that. But I think you can see that happen anyways. I mean, it's essentially what we're seeing in the Southern Baptist Convention right yes. now. Yeah, and, I'm, and I think I'm, I'm grateful to God for what's happening in that, in that group, in those, in some, with some of those groups of people right now, the, the kind of... Uh, reckoning they're doing with yeah. some of their history because there's clearly was cover up, covering up going on. And there's anywhere you have the power to hold somebody accountable, you also have the power to cover things up. Yep. And uh, anywhere there's sinful men, both of those things are going to be a, a reality. It's like it can be used for good or it can be used for evil. And that power and that hierarchy, in a, t- to whatever tight or loose degree that hierarchy exists. And by the way, it exists in every denomination, including an independent Baptist. We arguably mm-hmm. have like as loose a hierarchy as there can exist. Yeah. But there still is one. And in order to be in certain situations and in certain camps or certain environments, there is those pressures and those accountability, even though they're informal, they're, st- they're still there. Yeah. And we can use that informal accountability, even in independent Baptist realms. We can use it for good. We can use it to say, hey, 
we're not going to let things get going going right. or we can use it to do the opposite and to cover up and to protect friends and to minimize sin and I, i'm glad you brought that up because that's absolutely true we can be used for good or for evil we need to make sure that any any accountability system we're a part of isn't using our power to cover up sin but 100%. to but to but to call for repentance yep so now you guys know everything there is to know about denominations and you can go out and make <laughs> wise choices on that. Hey, if you want to know the a, a lot about how churches function differently, all you got to do is go listen to our distinctive series because we we spend a lot. I mean, we talk mostly about what Baptists do. Yeah. But if you haven't listened to our distinctive series that happened at the beginning of our podcast started, you know, right. I mean, right that was the, season one, basically. Season one. Yeah. It's within, I think, thir the third episode we started talking about uh, yep. Baptist distinctives. Yep. So go listen to those. We focus on what Baptists do, but we also refer a lot to what other churches do, other ways of seeing it. So if you want to get kind of a, a little bit more of an overview, if you've got a hankering to say, hey, what do Presbyterians do? How do their churches function? We we don't go into a lot of detail in that because we're Baptists, but, yeah. but we, do, um, we do overview it alongside studying how Baptists have approached these these yeah. topics. And we've talked about Presbyterians a lot here. <laughs> and I think the reason for that is Presbyterians and Baptists are a lot closer to each other than they realize and really even want to admit. We just don't, we don't get our babies wet after they're born. We wait till they make a profession yeah, and we don't of faith. Let, we don't let elders <laughs> yeah, from around the country. Tell us what to do. Yeah. Tell, have the kind of uh, control over us, but yeah. <laughs> so let me run this by you guys. We are, we've wrapped up this mini series. Should we, Clay, if you don't like this, we won't, we won't do it. But do you guys think we should go back to our series on the doctrines of the faith? Or are there some other topics you think we ought to talk about? Please let us know. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good question. Cause we've been going through it and we've enjoyed it. But what do you like? Do you like the, do you want us to go back and talk about the martiology and anthropology yeah. and soteriology or would you like or, or do you like some of the little bit more practical stuff um because we've got some other ideas along those lines but if you have ideas send those to us we've talked about josh talking about gospel-centered ministry mm -hmm. gospel-centered family like parenting and marriage gospel-centered coffee gospel-centered Go bookstores gospel golfing gospel-centered golfing <laughs> gospel-centered clothes come on yeah so let us know <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. We're such idiots sometimes, and I can't believe anybody <laughs> listens to this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, write it, write in. Let us know. We'd love to hear your ideas and thoughts. We'll we'll uh, we'll do that probably for sure. Maybe <laughs> real quick before we sign off, we just want to let you guys know that September the first, September the first. I hope you remember that date. September the first is the last is the day that we're closing up shop on our online store. Uh, thank you guys that have per made purchases and supported us that way. And, but we wanna, we wanna just really kind of refocus our efforts there and, and we're gonna go ahead and wrap, close up shop. Yeah, we, we, uh, it's been a really cool store and I, but I feel like our audience has pretty much got the merch they wanna get. Yeah. And we really wanna focus our fundraising efforts on our small group. So if you wanna be a, if you want to support us, that's the way to do it. Go to our small group and and become an exclusive. You can donate without being an exclusive subscriber, but I would really love for you, if you're going to donate, for you to get that uh, that benefit of the exclusive content. We do devotionals every single week for our small group. We often release uncut episodes. If there was a lot of editing that went into an episode, we release the uncut episodes yep. to the small group. Uh, and there's other benefits and, and cool stuff we've done in the past for those guys. So if you want to support us, that's the way to do it. Uh, but 
like Josh said, we still have, you still have over a month mm-hmm. um, to, uh, to take advantage of the, of the store. So yep. if you want some merch, get over there and get it. And we're going to give you a promo code, Josh, what's the promo code? Okay. So there's two promo codes. We're not putting this in the show notes because this is going to last forever and people can go back and we don't want to confuse them. So you can use one of these two promo codes. You can use the promo code last chance, all one word for 15% off, or you can use the promo code free ship for free shipping. So whichever one floats your boat. Whichever one floats your boat. And if you would like to support the podcast by becoming part of our small group, you can click the link in the description that says support this show. And we would be grateful for that. Anything else, Clay? There it is, man. There it is. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Baptist Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's topic. Also, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review wherever you consume the content. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Young Baptist Pod. Check out our website, theyoungbaptistpodcast.com, for more resource recommendations, our merch store, and to join our YBP community. Music.